Squid Comics Podcast, episode eight. Eight? Volume three. Eight. Volume We've three. only done eight of these? Wow. God, Volume so three. So it feels like it's been We're still on track for years. this year to do our 26. <laughs> nice. Because, so, you know, it's end of April. We've done we did this have is that, eight. We did, did have that week, though. I lost a push. week, but I think that won't hurt us too bad. I'm pretty sure we'll fuck it up at some point. <laughs> that may be. But <laughs> we'll just have to do two in one week somewhere. We may have to, may have to make go. it up. Yeah. We'll just do so. back to back. Yes, but uh, we had a lot of fun last week. We had Kyle Strom on the podcast. God, that was, that was a good only time. the last one. Seems yeah, long ago. I know it does seem a long time ago. Well, I was looking at the books I read. It's like I read these books like a long time ago. Why? Why has it been so long? It's been a long time. But it's only been two weeks. Hey, I'm caught up. Did hey. you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Drew. I'm Don. I'm Scott. And we get together every couple weeks and talk <laughs> about comic books. All right, what were you gonna say, Don? Sorry, I'm caught up. You're caught up. Caught up on what? Fist bump, dude. Fist bump. What? Don is caught up. How long has it been since you've been caught up? What, 20 years? Have you ever been caught up before? So you're like a teenager? Here's the caveat. Mm. I'm not sure I believe it. Here's the caveat. I have about, I would say, 35 issues that I have not read, but they're all... From your latest latest shipment? No, 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 no. They're all like... uh, I have four issues of Batman and Catwoman. It's going 12. I have like... Eight issues of like strange uh, gotcha. adventures that so you're I have like some eight stuff up to read the run. Yes. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I'll give it to you still. But yes, I'm caught up. That's impressive. I get to pick what I read now. Isn't that so nice? Oh yeah. So I'm like caught up too, and, and I, I got through all the trades that I got on my last shit. Well, I still have a shitload of trades. Well, I understand. I'm talking about me now. Right. Let's focus on me. Okay. All right. And I have like. I like got all my. Uh, I got rid of those comic book boxes, and I have all my book, my trade paperbacks, like on shelves now. I can see them all as I work. I'm like, oh, I should read that. There's all this old stuff I want to go back and read, mm-hmm. and I was like, I actually can, you know. I have two multiple goals. I'm trying to go back and read old stuff, and then I also have. Um, I'm trying to catch up on all my Marvel stuff through the Marvel Unlimited app. Yeah. Which did you get rid of all your long boxes? I have like. Three left. Wow. Well, did you just give all your boxes? Three to and him? a half. No. The boxes are in the my other room. Somebody can have them if they want them. So I'll take them. There you go. Yeah. Not but tonight. Uh, not tonight. But yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I have like about a box and a half of stuff I need to bind of like newer stuff that I need to bind. I have a whole box of Cerebus that I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do with. Probably bind, but I'm not sure. What? You can't do that. Why not? And then you gotta I, keep it in single issue. And then I have like about frame them all. About three quarters of the box of stuff I actually want to keep long term, like comics that I want to keep. We'll just put service in with that chunk. It's there. a whole box though. So oh my god, that's cool. It's a whole box. So I'll probably end up buying it. The problem is I only have a consistent run from like issue one hundred on. So I think I could bind Church and State, like volume three and on, but I'll never bind find volumes one and two because the issues are too rare to find yeah of course i swear i found some of them in like quarter boxes and stuff before mm-hmm. but i haven't seen it for a long time i think if you're going to comic-con with like boxes of stuff to sell you're not bringing any service anymore no so probably not but if you did and i found them i would buy them you're just going bring a bunch of the old image stuff from the 90s even that stuff i don't see much anymore i don't know what they have anymore I guess I don't have quarter boxes anymore. No. Well, I haven't been to a con for like two years, so that's another thing. Yeah. Not that long. It's been pretty close. Yeah. November of 2019. That's true, a year and a half. So, anyway. Anyway. Cool. I started watching Invincible. 
I've only seen the first episode still. I'm up to like I've watched like three or four. Yeah, I can't remember where they're at. Is it seven now? I think I six is available. Six is. I've, I I know I'm more caught up. Yeah, it started slow that first, but then the end of that first episode With it the kicked blood it in. Bath? Oh, yeah. yeah, the bloodbath, yeah. and then it's just bloodbath after, after bloodbath after bloodbath. So I'm totally it's fine. with you. Yeah, Matt Tharp like texted me. He's like, "Yeah, I was watching it with Miles. I think he was scarred by the Gardens of the Globe sequence." I'm like, "I haven't watched it yet." He's like, "What? Sorry for spoiling." I'm like, "Dude, I've read the comic. It's right. fine. And I'm sure it's bloody hell that he's probably yeah. killing the Gardens of the Globe." I don't know. So, yeah, but much. yeah, that's pretty bloody. Was is that how the Guardians of the Globe got taken out in the comic? Nah, I think it was a little. Well, it was pretty close. I, I just don't know. remember. I don't think it was quite that bloody. Did Omni? I don't think it was all at once take either. Him out though, I think yes. so. Yeah, but he, I thought it, I know he did. I thought in the comic it was less obvious mm-hmm. that he was, did it. Yeah, I thought, and it was more of a Watchmen thing. Yeah, I think it was more like that. I don't remember. I've read it, but it's been yeah. so long. That's the next thing. I guess we have to. Now have I want to watch read those, we'll but I gotta buy them. Scott doesn't have them. I don't have any. Well, you'll story. have to buy them, too. I'll just have to buy we'll them. We'll use our Evil Squid Comics money and buy them for them. Oh, wait, there's no Evil Squid. <laughs> there is no Evil Squid. Yeah, we should start a Patreon to buy Invincible to buy for Scott. Scott. So you guys yeah. can review it with us. That's a great idea. Right. Uh, Me and Scott need Invincible. That's right. We'll start that Patreon up. You do that. You okay. can start it. You can start Patreon. I don't care. I mean, we've got like five listeners. I know, so nobody good listens. Good luck with that. So. I don't think those... I don't think we're just going to give us some money. But it, it's good. Invisible I, is good. You, you should give it a chance. And every episode, I feel like I, it gets better. Yeah, yeah I watched the first episode. So. I'm sure I'll watch it. It was hard episode. to get into. I'll tell, I mean, that first episode did kind of drag. But then once they kicked it in and then... Hey, it, the comic's the same way. The, uh, the first trade is kind of like... <laughs> I just this? It's not that good. I might have started four or whatever, but the, what are their names? The, uh, the fucking clones? Yeah, the clones. <laughs> That's great. I love that that one. And then I don't was that uh was that whole Mount Rushmore that dude with the earthquake bracelets, was that in the comic book? I don't know. There's a lot of crap in there I don't know that I necessarily remember. It's I mean I'm like long. I think that's yeah, I know. I, I I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah. I just don't remember. I, I just don't remember the details. Yeah. But uh yeah. That's what makes it so good, is that fact that I'm like familiar yet forgetting right. you know a lot. So it's yeah. like well, I'm interested to watch it because I'm curious how it hits the same beats of the comic and how we you know right I feel like it does pretty well cause like okay so in the voice is like each episode like a trade do what no not by any means I don't think so I don't know I don't remember no well I don't think cause like is Omni Man still on Earth at this point he is still on the Earth yes has he confronted Mark yet he has not told Mark about it in fact this, this last episode his wife has figured it out. So, but Mark still has no idea. Okay. And, um, so yeah, so I mean, and Mark was actually, until this last episode, was still with his first girlfriend or whatever. Amber. Yeah. Amber. I remember her. And, uh, so he hasn't even, yeah, he hasn't even hooked up with Adam Eve yet. So. Cool. They've met, you know, and things. Yeah. In fact, the last episode that I watched, she just now is going on her, safari trip or whatever to that just makes me think how crazy that comic gets towards the end I mean that I, comic gets so good and so out of crazy I felt it was it, 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 it hits a, yeah, a lot of points that are all over but yeah you're right especially once he his dad leaves the planet and 
you find out there's more. They're able to do all the crap they did in the comic. But the voice so. talent, you know, J.K. Simmons or whatever as Omni Man is just freaking fantastic. I would yeah. not have thought that, but it just sounds great. Yeah, yeah, and, and all over the place and otherwise. I mean, uh, you know, the, the the voices that they've got in there, you know, really lined up pretty well. Mark Hamill was somebody in this last episode. Oh, uh, I haven't gotten there. Yeah, but I think it's oh, he's the. Uh, the voice of the guy who makes the suits. The oh, that's suits. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I'll like, I'll, I'll stop it, pause it, and, and just see where it'll, it'll give you the. It'll show yeah. me who the cast yeah. is or whatever. Yeah, who the voices are. Yeah, yeah, I've done that too. So I finished Justice League. Uh, Snyder cut. cut. Yep. Congrats. I went through Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman extended Ooh. cut, and then Justice. Man of Steel is like the best movie in there. Yeah, and I then Justice that, League yeah. Snyder cut. Yeah. The Snyder Cut wasn't bad. I didn't hate it. And I didn't love it. Yeah. Like I said, I'm just not a huge Snyder fan in general. Like I love 300. That's I, that's what I was telling somebody the other day. I was I like, I would agree with that. I don't like Snyder. I love 300. I think he made one really good movie. Everything else he's done has been style over substance. Probably so. But, but the I great thing about 300, 300 is it was all just style because there is no substance. <laughs> right. But substance. the story doesn't demand it, right? right? Yeah, you're exactly right. And so it works perfectly. But like Sucker Punch, he tried to have characters and you know a story, yeah. and it didn't work. It you know? really... Watchmen, it didn't work. I mean, I liked. Watchmen. I still like Watchmen. Yeah. The movie. Yeah. I, th- I enjoyed the movie for the most part, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I'm a Watchmen purist, especially after rereading the first issue. It shouldn't even be adapted. I thought the movie what, did a really good job of, of, of adapting did it. You know, did you know? Did you know? Did you know that Grant Morrison identifies as non-binary now? I did know that. Did you? Mm-hmm. I didn't. I was listening to a podcast with Chris Burnham, and he was talking about it, and he kept calling him them and there, and he's like, oh, yeah, he identifies as non-binary now. I was like, no, I mean, I don't care. I just didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot. Uh, and I also didn't know that uh, I listened to a podcast with um, Brian Azzarello. Oh, yeah. I didn't know he was married to Jill Thompson. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, they were married. At, I don't know how long, because I tried to look it up, but it just says they were married. I don't know when they, how long they were together, when they got divorced, or whatever. But That's yeah. probably how Planet Comic Con had both of them at the show that one year. Probably. Husband or wife team. Yeah. That saves you a hotel room. It, it does save you a hotel room. Those are hard to find, though. There's only a few of them. Not that you know, hard. Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor and uh, Walter and Louise Simonson. That's the only ones I can come up with. Okay. Cool. Off mm. the top of my head. Nice. I did watch Godzilla versus Kong or whatever. Oh, yeah, I watched that, too. Yeah. Well, you guys had seen it. I think, oh, we yeah. saw it last time. Yeah, okay, yeah, last cool. time. And so I finally caught up. And did you like out. it? Yeah, I enjoyed it for what it was. I it's didn't a ex- fun monster. That's right. I did not expect anything. I expected just a fun popcorn flick, and it is. It's exactly. I like the. It's about dumb as dirt, but it's yeah. it's a fun. I like the the end scene where they're like all neo lights and you know like they're in wherever Japan or Tokyo and it's uh-huh. all like neon like pinks and greens and they're just smashing each other I don't know yeah. and visually it was really visually cool. is that blast battle is incredible yeah and that's, that, that's what you're talking about okay. yeah. I thought you meant right. like the end of the movie I was like what are you no 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 like that oh yeah. the last battle yeah that's yeah. cool it was and very they, cool. they jump start his heart with the spaceship or yeah or whatever that thing, cool. yeah that's nice yeah it's funny people are like yeah I just I couldn't watch it 
It was like, it was bad. I'm like, well, what did you expect? It's, it's Kong vs. Godzilla. This isn't bad. Like, what, I, I what, you, exactly what, what, it is. what do you expect? Shakespeare? I, yeah. I yeah. Don't know. I don't know Are you going to watch Mortal Kombat? I played on it. Probably. It's on HBO Friday. Max, right? Yeah. yeah. It comes out Friday. I need to figure out how I mean, to, my, I don't know, to tell Zach my brother doesn't know what Mortal Kombat is. Yeah, I, I'm not... That's it's weird though because it's like I'm not like excited. To, oh my like, brother cannot wait! Like I'm I'm never seen the mortal any of the other Mortal Kombat movies. Like how if there's only one, I've never seen any of them. There's I don't two. know how many there are. I've never seen them. I think I've seen the first one. And I had no interest in this except because it's on HBO and it's new and it's like oh I can watch it. You true. know what I mean? I almost thought about renting, buying, or renting that Nobody movie. Oh yeah. Is it out now? Because I want to see it. Yeah, you have to okay. pay for it, though. Okay. It's like 20 bucks to rent it. I'll have to keep it Well, the Regal's there. opening, what, this week? Is it this week? I, yeah, I know it's... Regal to see a movie. You know? It's, it's opening soon. Why not? I'll I got probably, my vaccine, dude. I don't I'll probably mine. be going to see... I imagine the first movie I'll go to see in the theater will probably be uh, Black, Black Widow. Widow. Yeah. yeah, definitely. That's not until July. I don't know that long. But I, I expect that's probably how long... Because right now, I don't see anything else that's kind of that... That's gonna make you go. Yeah, I really must go see. Yeah, especially if Disney's gonna be charging me thirty bucks anyway. I might as well just go see. But exactly right. But if HBO Max is gonna give it to me for free, I don't have a reason to go to the theater either. That's so not free. You have to, well, you have to pay for HBO Max. It's well, yeah, yeah, but you don't have to pay the extra, you right? Pay extra. You know, I'm paying I, for Disney. I'm paying and for I have Disney. To pay no, I know. And no, I have to pay I an extra on there. So that's the difference. Guess that's what I started watching? Spawn, the cartoon. I'm sorry. Yay. I got through the first. There's only three seasons, and there's only six episodes, 30-minute episodes. I remember when we were, like, I was, like, in college, and that was coming out, and we were so excited. We, like, sat down on HBO. We were going to watch it. Remember that? Really? And Tom McFarlane jumps on the screen. He's like, I'm Tom McFarlane. Creator like, <laughs> He's got a funny accent. Yes. He's Canadian. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Now turn out your lights and get ready for spawn. <laughs> We're watching, we're watching, uh, the, we're watching, uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, the Terminator, oh, the TV God, show. Oh, wow. And, uh, we're... You just hate yourself. No, it's not bad. It's I like it. Yeah. I like it. And Barbara, I watched it. Barbara has and it never wasn't seen good. it. And she's enjoying it. But there's a scene, like, in the second, we're in the second season. Because there's only, like, nine episodes in the first season and then, like, a second season. It's, like, one and a half. But anyway... Yeah. <laughs> That that lady, the executive lady, the Scottish lady or whatever that's actually the Terminator, she's like the head of the corporation. I blocked that show out. Anyway, we're watching it, and so like you know that she's like, because she can, she's like liquid metal, whatever model, I don't know the model numbers or whatever, but anyway, she's like, you know that it's her, and so she's all walking through the crowd, and they show her. And then you're waiting for her to change, and like somebody walks in front of her, and then they just show the other guy, and I'm like... That's when they ran out of money. <laughs> like they have no more special Short effects, effects money because they didn't show. Because every time before they show or change, and I'm like, there it is. That's where it goes. We're done. Yeah. But uh, it was funny. Captain and Warner, or Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's up there. Yep, cut up. That last five or whatever that fight scene, that was great with uh, the 
Oh, at the start where they fight John Walker and yeah, Winter Soldier. Yeah, well, whatever four yeah. or five, I don't remember. It's I watched five, four and right. five yeah. together, yeah. so they kind of run. Well, the, the, in the four, the four kills the dude. but here's the thing: right. in four, and the four five, had, was like yeah. moving from one fight scene to the next to the yeah. next. So that's why I didn't know because they fight like the. Wakandans, when and they, then they go fight, you know, right. the well, other super people. It, I mean, that, it's just like one fight to another yeah. in a Thor. All you know, of it's great. Whereas five, yeah, starts off with yeah, probably the best fight yet. And then they between the three he of them. throws that shield and it sticks in the wall, and Barbara's like, "Well, I guess he took the serum." <laughs> like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny before they before Cap killed somebody with that shield, Zach's like, "Why does that shield not like cut people when it hits them?" <laughs> I don't know, dude. And then he takes in, like, kills that dude, and he's, like, all bloody. I'm like, see, it does cut people. It does kill people. If you hit him hard enough with it, that blunt like, edge can it's just... Like, it's kind of kind of funny how the shield is fairly sharp, and yet he throws it pretty hard, and only it when it's convenient... Only when it's convenient does it actually cut or cut into something, you know? It's, yeah. like, it's a little, a little yeah, who shady. Knows? I did like the little training montage though well, yeah. too, yeah. well they had the boat yeah. fixing montage exactly and then they had the training montage yeah. like, what is this an 80s movie yeah, right yeah. we got they did the they did the training they were in the middle of the training one and i looked at barbara and i go we got two 80s montages <laughs> in, in one episode she's like what need... i was like well they had the fix in the boat yep. <laughs> and now we're doing the rocky training i'm like it, we got two montages there you yeah, go. in one episode awesome. it was you can't go wrong yeah but yeah only one more so, episode yeah so apparently, what was in the case? Did that's what I was gonna say. No, but what do you? It's the costume. It's his costume. more wings, right? Yeah. But does it have wings too, or I is don't it just know. a new costume? I just assumed it was a new costume. It has wings. Well, I think it does too, but I couldn't remember in the comic book yeah, when, he's got he, wings. when he was Captain America yeah, if he wings. had wings or not. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then it's probably the suit and with wings or yeah. whatever. With some wings and probably, maybe a place for him to put the shield. And probably a thing, you know, where it's got that, you know, what absorption type things, you know, or whatever that the Wakandans did in Black Panther, you know, where he would absorb. If, if somebody uh, hit him, it would, he would absorb it uh, a little some bit. Vibranium or yeah, something. And, and, and did you watch the after so. credit scene? I did. I was like, I bet there's an after credit scene. Because they screwed me on the Vision and Wanda. The second last episode had one. And I was like, I better watch. And so, yeah, I saw. I saw him building his own building shield. Building his own shield or whatever yeah. he's doing. I did like uh, Elaine. Yeah, what the hell is it? That was like out of nowhere. <laughs> well, I think if they would have been able to do the stuff in the order they expected to, maybe it would have been a little bit more. Because I guess she's supposed to show up in Black Widow. Uh, is what I've understood. Yeah, now, is it a little bitty cameo in Black Widow as well? I don't know. Probably. But uh, they... My understanding. Well, Black Widow's in the past. Yeah, that's probably true. But that's a character. What it, wasn't she like in a shield or something? Like did she hang out with Nick Fury? That Vanessa Von Contessa. Whatever. Oh, you're talking about in the comics? You're talking about Madam Hydra in, in the comic books? Isn't she like? Yeah. She was a member of Hydra, of Hydra was she Hydra? Shield and everything else. I, but I thought she was like Nick Fury's girlfriend or something. I think she I was at a point. She yeah. might have been. Was she in that Nick Fury versus Shield? I think so. The series, like the main. Squeeze or whatever. I think so. I mean, she had the funky hair with the like weave. My yeah, understanding is when so. I like read something that they said that she was like a triple agent, so mm. it yeah, sounded like probably. she was backstabbing people all the time. But she has some type of uh, connection to the Thunderbolts. Is that what it is, or the the bad guy team gone good or whatever? That yeah, Thunderbolts. Was. Okay. And so some people are speculating there, especially because that Zemo, I guess, is part of the Thunderbolts yeah, as well. And he was in, he's yeah. in this. So. And do you think we're going to find out who the power broker is? Because we don't know who that is. 
Probably not. I don't know if they're going to go there, though. They'll probably be mentioned in Black Widow as well. I hope D-Man shows up, though. <laughs> right. It's not going to happen. <laughs> that would be cool, though. <laughs> With his Wolverine costume. I was a little surprised, though, that they killed John Walker's, like, side guy there. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know too much backstory of John Walker and his whole history in the Marvel. Well, I read those either. comics when they came out, and it's interesting that he goes crazy in the comics too and kills people. I mean, does he turn into like Nuke? No, he turns into U.S. Agent. U.S. Agent. Yeah. Okay. Is U.S. Agent a bad guy or? Well, no, he's kind of like a good guy. Vigilante. No, he's a good guy. Okay. He joins the Avengers, but the government like puts him on the team, and the Avengers don't. I've probably read that stuff, but I don't remember it. I was a big Captain America guy <coughs> back in the day. So I read that book probably f what seemed like forever, but in hindsight, it's probably like five years. But that's a good read. All right, let's do some reviews. I read We Only Find Them When They're Dead by Al Ewing wow. and Simone DeMeo. Al Ewing writes that, uh, that Hulk book. Yeah, he's hot right now. Immortal Hulk. Correct. So this is his boom creator-owned book. And Simone DeMeo, he sounded familiar. He did the uh, Hillbilly series, the one that Eric Powell did not draw. Hmm. This is some pretty hardcore science fiction. Hardcore. So it's obviously they got a spaceship and they're, uh, they're harvesters. Oh. What they do is they harvest these dead gods. There's these dead gods that are just floating out in the thing, and they go and they harvest, like, the cheekbone, and they harvest, like, different parts of the god, and, you know, you, they're good for different things, and different parts are more valuable, and as they harvest them, there's, like, these, like, uh... Sounds like a, like a hell of a gig if you can get it. Yeah. Apparently, it's not as profitable as it used to be, but there's, like, a police force <laughs> that, like, monitors it, that, like... Because, like, if two different ships come and try to harvest the same thing, there's, like, a... You know, what do you call it? Somebody who... Uh, a mediator. A oh, okay. A mediator who, like... So there's, like, a police force there's that monitors grievance. it. And so as they go and harvest, there's, like, all this oversight, and there's, like, a... Anyway. And they gotta go to arbitration. But, and... <laughs> anyway, so it starts out with them harvesting, and they're running... They're kind of having a run-in with one of these uh, police officers in their ship or whatever, you know. And turns out there's, like, this backstory. So the, it's, like, a crew of four in each ship. So, like, there's the captain, and then there's, like, three other dudes. And two are female, one it's is male. It's just like Deadliest Catch. Sounds like space just sweepers like to me. Space sweepers, kind of. And so, anyway, so there's some backstory. Well, it turns out the captain, his family got wiped out, and his brother, not to spoil it for people who are going to read it, but anyway, there's some interesting connections between his family and this uh, police officer, and they have a bad history. And anyway, so... They decide that they're going to go find one of these gods while it's still alive, which is apparently not allowed. And so, hence the title, we only find them when they're dead. Huh. They're going to find them when they're alive. And it's kind of like a big metaphor for, like, you know, life is, you know, we only like find these people when they're dead. You know, what if we did something important? What if we found a, what if we found a god when it's alive, you know? And it's like, what if we did something with our life type of thing? And so, anyway, the characters are kind of in a dark place, and so that's kind of the theme of the book. Hmm. But uh, I won't give away all the, like, little, you know, spoilers or whatever about the interactions, because they don't really get to who this person is and why there's this bad blood to, like, the second-to-last issue of the trade. Oh, and wow. so, 
they kind of play it up for you know mystery and you know stuff but uh, it's pretty good the art is kind of weird it's good but it's this weird um you can see right there it's got that very computer generated almost look into it i mean obviously it's computer colored it's not computer it might be computer drawn too but anything that's in space is always kind of strange see how like the well, background it's got that kind of fuzz yeah, yeah like it's, it's got a little fuzz and it's just like you're trying the to way the layouts your... are like you got that page with the four different characters and you got like a long uh, vertical panel just some interesting layouts and it just feels very uh it feels very fluid disjointed i don't know but uh the storytelling's solid i mean you can follow it pretty well it's just the coloring and the layouts and then space is always tricky like if you ever read a comic with like spaceships in it you know or like people are flying in space that's hard to do visually in a comic it's kind of like car chases you know it's just you got that sense of scale but yet you have them inside the ship and then you have them outside the ship and you're it's like a 360 thing yeah you're trying to show movement and you're like in a space environment where you know you have 360 degrees of movement it's just tricky you know what i mean just from a spatial standpoint so it's hard to do but they pull off fairly well. I enjoyed this book. It was pretty entertaining. Um, obviously, it leaves you with like a big uh, cliffhanger, mm. um, which we got to the cliffhanger. I'm like, what happened? I didn't quite understand what happened. But then I did a little research online. I think I figured out what happened. Did research online about a comic book? I thought that was totally against. I do that all the time. But you do. Well, I was a little confused. Like I was a little confused at the end. I was like, what am I missing? And so then I think it kind of made sense. So I think I got it. So there's, I think there's supposed to be a second volume. <clears throat> It'll be interesting where the story. I hope so. Gotcha. Especially if they end on a cliffhanger. Well, they kind of did, but yeah. Well, I'm gonna come out with the big guns blazing. He's coming out hit with the it, big guns too. Hit it with this. Oh, you can probably read that. You probably can. Big time. My favorite thing is. I really want to look at this monster. Yeah, you guys need to crack that thing open. Crack this it open. is done with. Holy. Pen. F it's ink pen drawing cool. the An whole ink book. pen? Yeah. And they used it. I, I'm pretty sure she uses like different colors when she does the color. And every once in a while you'll get a panel in there. So it's visually that thing is just unreal. Like it's insane. You've seen like Jim Rugg like do those ballpoint pen yeah. drawings. I was talking to Scott. Have you seen Jim Rugg do those ballpoint pen drawings at all? I don't think so. Anyway, this is like a whole epping book of that. Nothing but like ballpoint pen drawings. Wow. Um, How's the story? It's good. So, and from what I understand, because I... Is it absolutely astonishing? I don't know. I mean, oh. I, I stared at it. Really. <laughs> oh, did Jeff Lemire say it's absolutely... Chris Ware. Oh, Chris Ware. Um, He's kind of important. He is. Um, oh, Allison Bechtel, Fun Homes, gave a quote in the back. But uh, I believe it's sort of autobiographical at, to some point because I did a little <laughs> I'd never heard of Emil Ferris before so I did a little research online just to and I think this is her first like comic book graphic novelish work cool. or whatever and that's crazy that that's, that's like her first thing but anyway um yeah this it says volume one it does so, say and debut it, graphic novel but I mean yeah. and it doesn't end so I mean there's supposed to be a a volume two coming eventually. What made you I buy think. this? Was this like your cartoons kayfabe group? Were yeah, you talking about it? I, heard, I saw them on their talk. Yeah, I've heard some people talk about it, and then um, I don't know. I'm just trying to like stretch my 
expand yeah. your horizons. My, my comic book stuff or whatever, you know. Maybe been reading comics for, you know, 40 years. Too. Right, it's time so to it's kind, of break, time to break kind of break out. And, and this is... I love this how it be... looks like it was, like, all drawn on, you know... Yeah, notebook paper. Notebook right, paper, because that's... Know? That's uh, part of the the story. It plays in the story. So this the story basically uh, the charm. revolves around this girl. She's probably like I don't know eight to ten years old, and um, this is basically like her diary. And so the story is being told like as if you're reading it out of her diary or whatever. And so that's why the notebook paper is there. Wow. But um, she. Um, so the basic story is that there's this girl and she. She considers herself a monster. Like the whole book, she's like a wolf, like a wolf man wolf character, woman. wolf woman character. Um, and so, like, she lives in she lives with her mom. Her dad's not in the picture. She lives with her mom and her older brother. And her older brother is. Uh, um, this is basically a slice of life story. You would love the shit out of this. I know. Like it it's right like up your alley. I want to read it. Um, and uh, so they live I in this. Can't believe the I know, right? And stuff and some of this. Yeah. Art. And I mean, how crazy. big this is. I mean, this would be something that I would think would take somebody Years. decades. Right, decades, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so... I mean, that fucking cat is just amazing. Mm -hmm. huh. Yeah, the whole thing's like that. Like, it took me a, it took me a while to read this thing because I'm just staring at it because it's so good. But um, So it's her, her brother, older brother, and her mom. And... Um, so she's always drawing herself as a wolf woman creature or whatever. Um, and every chapter is broken up by like a recreation of like a, a monster magazine, like from the 60s or whatever. Sure. Um, so they live in this apartment building and there's like different people that live in the apartment. There's like four apartments or buildings or whatever. But the main thing is there's a, a woman a Russian woman who lives upstairs with her husband and she gets murdered. And, um, your turn again. Yeah. <laughs> and she gets murdered. And so part of the story is trying to figure out like who killed her, like what happened to her. And then her mom ends up getting sick. Um, and so like her, her brother and her like take, try to take care of her mom and you're still, and then you get in this whole, like, the the lady that lived upstairs, she was Russian, and she was, like, a prisoner in, like, one of the Nazi concentration camps. And one of the things that runs through it is that maybe, like, um, one of the guys that, like, ran one of the camps, like, survived and, like, came back to find her and kill her. And so all of this is coming through the perspective of, like, an 8 or a 10-year-old kid. Um, the other thing that I thought that was really cool about it is like her older brother was like really into artwork. And so there's a lot of recreations of like famous paintings that she's done in this book, like in pen. And so like her brother like takes her to this art museum and she starts to see art like through colors and like through smells and like it's just like the way that she interprets art. You know what I mean? Like, I've never thought of, like, I've never gone to, like, a museum, a gallery, and looked at, like, fine art or whatever, you know? Like, I've never right. had that. And so... Really? It's really... No. And so it's really cool. Like, she weaves all this into, you know what I mean? Like, how it all plays out. Um, and then there's all kinds of stuff that goes on with her brother. And then, you know, she's... 
like a loner at school. You know, she's like the outcast. Nobody, they, everybody picks on her and does all this stuff. And, and, uh, but I don't know. I mean, that's pretty much the gist of it. It's basically this little girl who thinks that she's ugly or a monster or doesn't fit in. You know what I mean? Like how she interacts yeah. with life and then how things happen to her. Like there's problems with her brother. There's problems with these people that live in this apartment building. She has problems at school. But uh, it's a good story. Like I said, it, it, it really, it, it kept me involved. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to keep reading to find out what happens. And the artwork is just like, just an insane bonus. I mean, yeah. the artwork is why I was there, but the story was good enough that it kept me. You know what I mean? Kept like, me interested. Yeah. It sucks when you've got like really cool art and <laughs> there's no story there. But this had both of them. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just it's insane looking at the at the. You can buy it. Forty bucks. Yeah, it's expensive. You can borrow it and read it if you want to, unless you want to buy your own and read it. But, buy it. I'll go out with a big gun then too. Doing the big guns. But couldn't, couldn't recommend it more. Everybody should go out and buy it. Cool. Favorite thing is monsters. Volume one. Volume one. Book one. Nice. I read Criminal. This is the latest Criminal series. Yes. Yeah. Is it? I mean, some oh, of the other ones would it? have like Criminal, like Lawless or yeah. Criminal coward or something is this just flat out criminal i mean is yeah that he, he started doing it like monthly as like just a he claimed it was gonna go be ongoing but then he only did like what 12 a dozen issues, issues. Yeah. yeah 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 something like that i really so, thought it was so ed brubaker yeah. have they the sorry to interrupt no you're okay but the the reckless and whatever that they've done are those well i'm answering my own question those aren't criminal those are standalone stories because i remember what they were one was pulp yeah. and one was Oh, yes, Pulp. And so never mind. The one about uh, something about... My hair's always been junkies. junkies. I think that was technically... Kind no, of but I'm saying after this criminal, when they started coming out, they put out the two... The Reckless gonna, and the Friend of the Devil. Right, they were going to do like three a year three or whatever. Year. Or three the first year, they said. Three the yeah. first year anyway. And they did Pulp, I guess, yeah. Pulp yeah. and then whatever. But Pulp isn't one of those three the first year. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, He's talking about that Reckless character. He's going to do novels of that character. Oh, uh, Okay. But Reckless is not reckless. criminal, is it? No. Okay. Which character was that in Reckless? I don't know. Okay. Just yeah, but it wasn't anybody in the criminal it was realm. The, it's okay. not tied to criminal. Right. Okay. It was the um, uh, Ford Fairlane guy that lived in the theater and was like the rock okay, and roll okay. detective. I, you know, I remembered, <laughs> now that you say that, I, you know, I'm looking in this one and going... Was that character from here? Uh, no. You know, is it one of the young boys? Well, it's funny. Cause... I get myself because I've read so many of these over what the last decade. Well, the non-criminal stuff feels like criminal. Like it I does. mean, Pulp kind of felt like it could have been a criminal story. Yes. Um, what was the other one? The Killer Be Killed could have been a criminal story. Yeah. I mean, so they... that's the one that would... that one had a little more. That would be the one that stands out the most, where it would be the farthest away from it. Really? Just because? Well, didn't it had Killer kind of killed, superhero yeah. connotations but to Fatale. it? Didn't it? But Fatel, yeah, yeah, but that's more like the Fade Out, Velvet. Crime Noir. I guess that's not them. Fatel was kind of crime noir, but it had a little bit yeah. of a supernatural, supernatural kind of right. And I thought that's what made it stand out a little bit more. Yeah. I thought Killer Be. It's interesting that you said that because I thought Killer Be Killed was closer to criminal than a lot of the other stuff. Not the reckless stuff, obviously. But right. 
I don't really see that. Too. Like, Kill cool. Be Killed seemed more like, almost like, and not to say they knocked anything off, but it was more of like a kick-ass kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I can agree with that. And I mean, it just had more yeah, of a superhero vibe to it. Yeah. But Cool. Yeah, you know the cool. book that I have theirs that I've never read is Incognito. I'm sure read you've that. read that. You yeah. have? I've never read it. Wow. I probably have. I'm sure know, you have, have a trade or a hardcover. He but he's probably missing like some of the middle. <laughs> All right. Let's stop so, distracting. Sorry. So I don't know what you had at the very beginning of this, though, because you had something in there at the very beginning that wasn't part oh, of the yeah. criminal series either. Correct. It starts off. But the 10th anniversary special. There you go. And it seems to... But it led in just perfectly because it's the same... Correct characters you know type it came things. out right before they drew launched did the it series. why wouldn't it you doubt drew no i never doubt drew but so basically though this series is really focusing more on the lawless family but the first arc is totally different that is true the very first two uh, uh issues that yeah. is a very good point even though in its own way ties back around because <laughs> they're the one of the so the so like I was saying, the Lawless family, you know, for the mm -hmm. most part, Teague being the older guy who sure. seems to have been around and just beats the shit out of people, and he has two sons, Tracy and Ricky. Sure. And so, but at the very beginning, so the first, what you gave me, the 10th anniversary one, you yeah. know, has um, Tracy kind of driving his dad around and doing weird shit and jobs and things. Yeah. And I actually, I really like that story. That was yeah. actually really solid, you know, what you expect from them. But it, it was unique in its own way, you mm -hmm. know, type stuff. But then you're right. You start into the criminal series and the very first two issues are focusing on this other guy who like wanted to be a comic artist. <laughs> and, it, you know, it, it seems to almost have like nothing to really do in the criminal world, you know. But it was a really great story because they're going to like a con in the 90s. <laughs> it and, and it's this like old freaking artist, you know, and things that's really trying to track down his you know some piece of art that he had done you know and uh i love the kicker at the end where the the young guy had it all this time but you come to find out later that that young guy the artist you know was connected to that the lawless family in a way in which he was a really good friend of ricky's you know type yeah. things and part of the little clique that they had sure but um yeah, so then the rest of the story goes on, you know, type things in which Teague meets a woman, you know, and the craziness that ensues from that and pretty much uh, how that, well, I don't know, spoiler alert, how the basically the death of Teague, the the father, you know, and, yeah. and where that goes, you know, type stuff. It was another one of those, that story just kept going, like the second arc, the story, I guess it was 10 issues. That was probably the longest criminal story they've done. Yeah, I think he even says that somewhere, maybe, as yeah. he's, like, writing. Because I, I read, would usually read, like, the one page, you know, type thing sure. where he breaks some things down, you know, a little bit, you know, to see there. But usually the, that, it's kind of neat, though, in Criminal, and I, I thought he did it in something else, where he's got those things at the back about different movies or whatever that mm -hmm. inspired him or yeah. whatever you want to say that he's watched recently. Yeah, I mean, he's got a breakdown there of what he kind of, his, like, day you know at work you know type thing of how he gets up you know and gets the coffee does this you know whatever writes for a little bit then goes watches something you know maybe reads something then goes back to write you know and stuff and a lot of it is just there to get his creative juices flowing you know and and whatever else but uh, i find that interesting from you know it's almost research his own version of research in a way you know type stuff but uh i, I like checking out at least what is like little movie 
synopsis maybe may might be on certain ones and especially most 99% of the time I haven't watched them although he did have one in this one for The Killer of Money in oh, which yeah. I was like I've actually seen one <laughs> oh my god so but. Well, he has a newsletter that he puts out fairly frequently that I'm subscribed to Do like you, email newsletter really that's pretty interesting yeah, I bet so I same bet kind so. of stuff and the same type of things you know of what yeah. influence or what he's watching now or this type of yeah. stuff yeah Apparently he put the the deluxe editions are going back in print and people are freaking out because they were supposed to go on sale today and then Amazon didn't have them. And, oh wow! Yeah. Hmm. So. But it's very it's very solid. I mean, it, it moves well. Criminal does, you know. The, he builds his characters very well. You know, some you maybe feel a little bit better about than others, you know, and stuff. Some of his twists and turns sometimes works. Others maybe not quite as well for me personally, but you know, to it's to each their own, you know, type stuff. I I just enjoy the overall, I think, style and the Niall, what is it, Noir or whatever you want to call noir. it. Noir. Noir style. Noir. So, Neo-noir. Uh, Neo-noir. But, and I think he does it very well. I like the, uh, is, is that Sean Phillips that does the art yeah, and all stuff? You know, I mean, his use of, you know, And Jacob Phillips' coloring is, is crazy. Is, is growing on me at first. I I preferred the Brett Weister, but yeah, he's growing a little bit. Yeah, but it's all real solid with the, that team that they've got working together. You know, and yeah. things it really works well. And I think I and go I back always and think that it's pretty criminal. wordy, but you know, because you'll get to these big pages, you know, where he's got, just got a bunch of freaking words alongside, but it always just flows so well and so quickly and easily that you know I'm thinking, oh my god, it's going to take me forever to read. And then the next thing I know, I'm through a damn book, you know, in an hour yeah. or something, you know, it just, it goes quick. It flows well. Yes, it does. It flows very well. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, I'll read Criminal. I do have Incognito. There were two. There was yeah. like a six-issue series. What do you like said you five. eventually will read Criminal? I want to eventually reread Criminal, Oh, yeah, too. That would be good. Be I good. have the deluxe Because it, it's funny, you can read each one as its own story, but they do have little interesting yes. yeah, connections. connections. It's almost like, uh, I, I liken it to um, Stray Bullets. Yeah, it's very straight bullet T ish, pulp yeah. fiction ish, correct? You Same know, Tarantino ish yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, totally. I think it'd make a great TV series. Like if you did like you know ten episode seasons, and each season like was a different like character, but yet they kind of tied into the other one. You could jump around in time. It could be really interesting. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. And I think people who like you know who think they're smart or like to follow that kind of thing would really dig it because it'd be like, oh, this is like back in then. This was before that. You know, yeah. you could see all the. All the strings, the like you have like a board yes. with all the connections and be like, you know, making a thing. I think I might have the hardcover collection of Incognito too, I'm not sure. You I can't believe do. you never you read it. Do. Yeah, I know, it's funny. It's like the one thing that I didn't love. Uh, what's the first series they did for Wildstorm? What was that called? Sleeper? Sleeper. Sleeper. I didn't I love, love Sleeper. Sleeper. I didn't love it. I liked it, but I didn't love it. And then I, I was a little late to the criminal game. Like, I think I read a couple, and then I ended up getting the trades later and kind of catching up on them. Yeah. Well, I know um, Brubaker, and he had... A, I can't remember who else it was. Was Because I really like Fatale. I think I read Fatale, and I was like, dude, I love these guys. And then I went back and, and read went all back the criminal and started stuff. Getting other stuff. Well, Gotham Central, that was Brubaker. So yeah, I didn't read and Gotham I think Central. Rucka, That was maybe? Batman. But it's not Batman. I know. I understand. Oh, but I'm just good. saying. It's, yeah. yeah, I never read Gotham It's Central. good. But you're right. He was involved in Gotham Central. Yeah. Rucka and Brubaker. Uh, I believe I, it was He had a long Catwoman run, too, didn't he? Yeah. 
Brew. Or maybe it was yeah. when Brewbaker started doing Captain America that I really started warm up to him. Too. Yeah, but see, yeah. I'm an early Brewbaker guy. I read Low Life and Single Issues when it was coming out. Yeah, I so, didn't. You know, I've been Brewbaker forever. Yeah, you are. You're nice. You're, you're the Brewbaker fan here. You really are. I got Dead Enders in a custom bound book. Nice. You ever read Dead Enders? Probably not. All right. I don't know. Just. I don't even remember reading Incognito. I just looked it up because I do have them, and then I just yeah, that's the, the one that I pulled up the first the issue read. and read the synopsis of. Well, I think it, it's so out of print. Kinda... Like I don't think the trades are in print currently because mm. I don't know if they have the rights to it. Because I think that was done through Marvel. I bet they have the rights. Icon. Yeah, if it was Icon, they should have the rights. Maybe they haven't reprinted it lately. I mean, I can find out. I'm sure you can. Is it my turn? It is. Camp Whatever. Uh, I gotta give a little backstory here. So this is Secrets of Camp Whatever by Chris Grind, Chris Grine. Show. That's right. Um, so my son loves anything Chris Grind does. So when I buy him, he reads them right away. And my daughter, my 10-year-old daughter, she likes some of the stuff. Like she read Animorphs and liked it, and she's read Chicken Hair, but she, I don't think she read Time Shifters. But anyway, she's not quite as big a fan. So when I got this, I was like, oh, Julie, you should read it too. And she's like, no, I don't want to read it. But there's a book series of books she's been reading, and she can't get the last one because it like wasn't at the library or whatever. And so, so she needed something to read. I kept saying, dude, read Secrets of Camp Whatever. She's like, no, 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 I'm not going to read it. I don't want to read it. And every night I would suggest wow. it. Every night she'd be like, no, I'm not reading Very it, Dad. Adamant. I'm not reading it. She's stubborn. So she would not read it. And so I said, fine, whatever. So I started reading it. And then it's like Saturday morning, and I'm like probably three quarters of the way through it. And I'm like, I'm like reading it. And I was telling her about, there's like, so it's about these kids. And they go to like camp for the summer. And it's this weird camp, and there's like this fog, and there's all supposed to be all these creatures at the camp. And it's all these weird characters, and uh, there's a bunch of garden gnomes around. Well, the trick in the book is the garden gnomes are actually alive, but... Their defense mechanism is they turn to stone. And the only way to wake them up from stone is to say their name. So if you don't know their name, they're going to be stuck as stone forever. So I was telling her about this, you know, Saturday morning as I'm reading it. She's like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. I guess I'll read it. Because <laughs> she's bored and she wants something to do because it's Saturday morning. So she sits down and, like, reads the whole thing. She's like, oh, that was really good. Hey, Dad, hurry up and finish reading it so I don't spoil it for you. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yes. So anyway, it's funny. it was a hard sell, but she finally uh, read yeah. it and really enjoyed it. But no, it's really fun. It's typical Chris Grind kids type show, uh, book or whatever. Right. You know, does he? Point. He doesn't write this, does he? Yeah, he writes it. Oh, this, so this is, is written is by him. Original from him. Yeah, oh, okay. it's written and drawn by him. So this is his own creation. Okay, cool. wasn't sure if it was like in the Animorphs. Yeah, because I guess Animorphs he just adapts it. That's right. right. And I but guess like uh, that Alien Bones he just drew he it. Technically, does write Animorphs, I guess. But he's yeah, it's an adaptation. It, but, but it's an adaptation. But this is original and this uh, is original. Yeah, and it's so funny. So then my daughter read it. And she's like, "Well, this says Volume One. Where's Volume two? Like, well, this just came out. So it's like I'm pretty sure he's working on Animorphs." volume two right now she's like so. well he should stop doing animorphs and just do this <laughs> right and so like that night i like text him like yeah my daughter was kind of a hard sell but she finally read it and really liked it our whole family liked it. i liked it my son liked it and my daughter liked it. it's like cool yeah i'm actually starting inking the second volume right now or tomorrow or monday or whatever i'm like sweet my daughter will be happy because she's curious why it's not out already i swear that guy's working like all the time and that's what i told him i said dude i don't know how you get all this stuff done he's like yeah me neither <laughs> 
He missed air cap that one year because he was on that. He was on a deadline. He was like coloring one of those books. He was working late. I think that was Time Shifters. It was insane. Yeah, Time Shifters. Wow. So anyway, but no, it was really good. Uh, So the basic idea is these kids go to camp and there's like gnomes there and there's like vampires and they think like the lunch lady is like a vampire because she's like, you know, and it's just kind of fun, silly. And there's a Sasquatch and the camp director who's new this year is trying to hunt the Sasquatch, you know, and there's just... I don't know, man. It's just that crazy kind of kooky stuff that he does. Yeah. It's very Chris Grine. Cool. But, uh... I'll have to pick it up. It's pretty fun. Yeah, there's gnomes, and one of the gnomes' names is Toast. But this one character has, like, all these, like, garden gnomes. She doesn't know their names, so she's sitting around saying, like, different words trying to wake up these gnomes. Jam. Jam. Jelly. Jelly. Peanut butter. Exactly. Just saying (laughs) random things. So, anyway, it's pretty good. It's, It's a fun thing, especially for kids. But... I enjoyed it too. Gotcha. I thought you were going to do Ultra Mega. I wanted to do first. Orphan, it was the James Stoko. Yes. Orphan and the Five Beasts by James Stoko. Look at that cover. This thing is beautiful. This thing is awesome. This is so good. This is like a. Why didn't he just do Orkstein? And you only have one issue? This is, yeah. This is, it just came out. I'm caught up, dude. You're caught up? I just got this. Wow. What are you, Julia? <laughs> Where's the rest of it? I want it now. I want like the first arc. It should know? be like, oversized. It should issues. be. It's. I feel like it's wasted on this tiny. Oh my god, book. it's awesome. So it's like a, it's like a 1970s like kung fu like it's like firepower kind of or whatever. Holy the shit. art is just insane and it is so good. But so there's like this, this guy. Or actually, it's a girl. The main character is a girl. And she's like being brought up by this, whatever old, old dude. kung fu master or whatever, Mister Miyagi. And uh, he, I can't remember if he dies or yeah. Check that dude out, man. That monster, that's crazy. It is. And so uh, she has to go on this quest or whatever to conquer the five, the beasts. five beasts. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. But man, it's the done seven so well. Boyfriends or something. It's done so well, and I mean, the genre is there, and the art's just insane. It's so good. It's like one of my favorite books that I read this cool. last Orphan two weeks or whatever. And, but it's only like four issues, I think. Cool. Well, did you see that art? It's going to take me a while to draw. I would assume so, yes. Well, I know, but like I brought in that whatever that Batman story was that he did, or that Robin story. I mean, I, I sat there and stared at that. The cross-hatching, like he didn't do any blacks. He doesn't black anything out. It's all cross-hatched, like... <laughs> And you can see every line, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that, I don't know how long that book took him to do. And I'm, like, looking at that stuff going, dude, what is his page rate? Because whatever his page rate is, it's not enough. Because this guy's spending probably twice the amount of time on it that he's getting paid by DC for, like, a page rate or whatever. Do you ever do any spotting blacks? That's that the technical term? Spotting blacks. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with that? Spotting blacks? What is it? No. Where you, like, do, like, black spots on the stuff? Yeah. You know, nothing. Mm-mm. All right, cool. Mm. I, I don't know what you're talking about. You're the about. art guy. Yeah, I, I thought I just, you maybe knew about I have no professional training. Google spotting blacks. Okay. Gonna oh, he's going to do that game. now, isn't he? But, uh, but yeah, this is good. I went and read. Oh, man, Scott broke out old stuff. I broke out the old planetary. Uh, oh, uh, see, it wasn't enough. 
Well, since we read all those, and when I put my, since I have the single issues of Planetary, yeah. when I put all those back up, these were like right there by it. So I figured, what the hell, I'll read some of these too. So these are like, I've got a couple of them, but this first one is the crossover of Planetary with the Authority. And, you know, Authority was something created by Ellis and um, and written by him, you know, for early on there. So this was like the the first of their crossovers, which happened, I think, probably within like the first, I think it was like early 2000, if I remember right, when this one comes comes out there somewhere in that. And really, it's... It's like before you even know that Mr. Snow is like the fourth man and stuff. And he definitely doesn't have his memory back because he's still giving uh, uh, drums there, or, uh, you know, a bunch of shit and whatever the heck else. So the the basic in this one is it wraps back around, though, to the uh, the mountains or whatever. What is it? The Adirondacks. Adirondacks. So, yeah, there you go. So where Just they like found the Doc Brass and that big-ass machine, you know, that kicked into the the snowflake and stuff. But uh, they're basically planetary is trying to find out more about the Authority because they know that they have the bleed ship and things. They'd like yeah. to get access to it and maybe learn some stuff around it. But meanwhile, some crazy yahoo that's part of the planetary cleanup team uh, decides that he he's pissed off about something that happened in the past and that he... Uh, he wants to, uh, you know, destroy the world, and he he's going to turn on the machine again, you know, and things to turn on the snowflake and get taken over by something. And in this case, um, some, like, weird alien eggs or something, like, hatch and come out, and the authority has to come down there and try to take this out. Meanwhile, the planetary field team here realizes, oh, shit, that's in our freaking spot, you know, where we have that supercomputer. And so they go down there, and they end up fighting against a um, an alternate version of the Authority that looks like they're a bunch of lizard people or something. But it's pretty cool. I mean, some of the art in it is really neat, but it's just a... It's not as good as any, probably, arc from Authority or, or definitely Planetary. from any, you know, single stories. Is but, Batman you know, that... That spread is pretty cool, you know, of like the alternate universe authority, you know, from like a oh, lizard cool. world or something. But, uh, you know, it, it's pretty simple for the most part. It, they don't really dive too much into anything. Um, definitely not one of the better things, but I mean, if you're fans of both, it was kind of like a little fun ride. So, cool. And in fact, throughout all of this, I don't think they actually ever really meet each other either. Although there is an interesting flashback of... That uh, Elijah Snow and Jenny Sparks, yeah, had met each other in like the 1920s or something, and of course they slept together. So, you know, as that type of stuff goes. Well, it's War Ellis. Yeah, it he is Ellis. Everything. Yes. Yeah, so, there you go. Him and Joss Whedon. Your turn, right, Drew? It's my turn again. I thought you did one. I read Breaklands, Volume One. The Chase. This is by Justin Jordan, and the artist Mad is Max meets Akira. It's yeah, that's the tagline. Wow. Mad Max meets Akira. That's kind of what it is. Is it's that what it is? Yeah, it's supposed to. That sounds exciting, but it does. It's not as good as exciting. you think. Well, that's what I'm gonna say. It's not as good as it sounds. Mad Max meets Akira. So basically, it's post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic future, and like Akira, here's where the Akira. 
everybody has like some kind of talent or superpower, like you know. Except there's this girl and her brother, and they're waiting for their mom to get back, who hasn't been back for a while, and they're kind of off the grid. And the mom said, "Stay off the grid. Don't let anybody see you." Of course, what do they do? They run off, and somebody sees the son, the boy, the younger brother. He runs off, and somebody sees him. Well. His trick is he doesn't have powers. He nullifies powers. Like he's like a null field. And so he is highly sought after. So there's like a band of like marauder type, road warrior type gang that comes and they capture him and they're going to sell him. And the sister meets up with some other people trying to rescue him and they're chasing the other guys and they end up in like barter town. Oh wait, no, it's just a different town. But yeah, that's the basic gist of it. It's okay. The art is fine. I mean, it's past. I mean, it's who does Master Blaster work for? Yeah, it gets the job done, but I mean, it's nothing flashy or great. And the same with the story. I mean, it's decent, but I mean, it's didn't blow me away or anything. Generally, I like most of Justin Jordan's stuff, but he early in his career he did a good job of pairing himself with really really good artists mm -hmm. and i think now all those artists have moved on and now he's left with kind of what's left well it, part of the problem is you just showed me this person that did this amazing ink pen you know art mm -hmm. as well as the stucco one or whatever uh and this art looks very flat yes well, and I don't know and, if it's not the to mention coloring we just seen Chris Grind you know, as well. Work. You know, so we've looked at all these other like really solid artists, you know, and things. Mm -hmm. And uh, then you bring up this one where it's 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 not bad. It's it's better than anything I could do. It's just not uh, something that excels by any means. It's funny. I was on the Cartoons Cafe Facebook group. Are mm -hmm. you a member of the Facebook group? I am not. You should. It's pretty entertaining. But um. So someone was talking about Trad Moore. It's like, Trad Moore, oh yeah, you gotta see like a town of Luther Strode. That stuff is amazing. And he's like, and the guy's like, the writing is horrible, but the, the art is amazing. And then Justin Jordan gets into like the comment section. He's like, yeah, that writer guy's a hack. What was the... I thought the writing of... Luther story yeah, it was, was a great story. Good. It was a good oh, post. It was story. awesome. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Tradmore art sold it, right? right. But I mean, because it, it was a lot of action story. and it was Tradmore doing yeah you know, fight scenes for like thirty pages. But what was the Eric Larson? It one? was just fun. What was the Eric Larson chimed in something or did on some... that same thread? No, nah, not on Cartoon right. Escape Babe, but he had a funny thread coming going or whatever. I don't remember. He had talking about. He said something something he was doing where like. Uh, uh, it's okay for people to criticize artists, but not for artists to criticize yeah. artists. Is that the one? Crack that bitch else? open. No, it was something else. Oh, okay. Is that Talk better, about better Ray Bill or Better Ray Bill. Oh, nice, Daniel. Warren Daniel Johnson. Warren Johnson. I, I'm waiting for the trade. Talk. I know. I'm gonna buy this bastard in the big oversized trade too. God, I'm gonna, fuck I'm gonna, it, damn. Yeah, I know, right? I'm gonna double dip on this bitch. Jesus, this is so fucking good. The art. There's so he many. Is just so good. There's so many. There's so much good shit coming out right now. You didn't now. buy the Daniel Warren Johnson cover. I don't. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why I wouldn't have. <laughs> Who no does idea. That? that looks familiar. It's Ian Cabello, I think, or whatever. Oh, is that what the corner? one is up in the corner? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I didn't even so know what, what the is hell, this storm breakers? I didn't even know what the hell the book was. You got to flip it over to see because it doesn't even yeah, tell you. Yeah, it told you on the back. <laughs> I'm so, like, I'm, I get my books on. like, what is this? What is this? <laughs> I just kind of thought that, you know, I'm like, yeah. that kind of looks like Better Ray, Better Ray Bill. Yeah. So basically, okay, so like this kind of, like it's weird because I listened to a podcast with Daniel Warren Johnson recently. Like having a horse head Thor is not weird. In and self, he was, right? and he, he was like, well, I like to do my own thing. Like, I like to write my own stuff. I don't like to be tied into continuity. Like, I just want to tell stories. Like, that Wonder Woman book, you know? This thing's playing right into the Donny Cates Thor storyline. Like, it's fits right smack in the dab middle of the current Donny Cates storyline. So, really, anyway, it seemed odd. So, Thor is kind of... Well, Thor's... So, the the, the current Thor storyline... Is that is, like you remember um, Donald Blake? Yeah, Lady Sif. Yeah, she's banging Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, she, she ditched <laughs> Thor and hung out with Beta Ray Bill. So you remember Donald Blake? Yeah. Well, the the current storyline in Thor with Donny Cates is that uh, Donald Blake is back and he's just like pissed off because. Like, Should we take a look at the art in that? Odin, dude, the Fin Fang Foom. No shit. Double page spread. That is, is freaking just fantastic. Amazing, but uh. Anyway, Thor is like trapped in another dimension. And so Beta Ray Bill is supposed to be the protector of Asgard right now because Thor is not around. And so Fen Fang <laughs> attacks and and Thor God is so good. Look at how thick that dude, those lines right there are just so effing thick and then they they turn in and they're thin. I don't know. I was just like that hand is that is like total Jack Kirby slash Eric Larson, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just so... But, uh, anyway, so Beta Ray Bill is dating Sith. They're... They've been dating for, like, 40 years. Yeah. And, uh, so Thor broke, smashed uh, Beta Ray Bill's hammer at some point. I don't remember hmm. where it was or whatever. So Beta Ray Bill does not have his hammer anymore. How does he turn to Beta Ray Thor? He does. Well, he's stuck in his oh, Thor... Thor. Yeah, and so there's a whole thing in here where where they they fight and then uh, so he's supposed to be defending Asgard and he's like hanging out in his bedroom and Lady Sif comes by and she's like you should turn back into your sexy whatever and he's like I can't and she's like oh when did <laughs> that happen like, when did what happen when did his hammer get smashed uh, it had to be in like maybe the Thor run or something I don't remember like the new Donny Cates Thor oh, okay. run or alright so fairly recent or it might have been the Asgard yeah it's fairly recently like okay. the War of the Realms or whatever maybe yeah. something there but uh, he can't transform back into and so Lady Sis is like ew I don't know maybe we're done then and she's like leaves so he's like <laughs> so then Thor comes back in this towards the end of this issue and Beta Ray Bill's just like fucking had it. He's like, I'm going on a walkabout, basically. He's like, F Asgard, F you. He's like, I gotta go find myself. And so he climbs on, is it Scuttlebutt? Whatever the hell the name of his ship is, because yeah, he has that I think ship. It's and so he climbs on that, and they're like going on this space journey or whatever on his own to like find himself. But yeah, the, Cool. So it's a fun story. And it's the art a fun story. Kicks ass. I, you know, like I said, I'm surprised I remember anything of the story because the art's just insane. Uh, insane. So good. It, is. it really is. Is it but, my uh, turn? Uh, I think so. I think yes. I need break land. Okay. Uh, the next planetary little crossover that they had that came out like about a year or two after the Authority one was Planetary and JLA. 
which the big thing about this was the fact that it was image, you know, crossing over with DC, you know, getting that agreement and stuff so that they could have, you know, Wonder Woman. Back in the day when they did an intercompany crossover. That's right. Image, is it? Planetary, yes. Planetary. That was Wildstorm. Well. Which is owned it, by DC. Was it, but now, that was that but, before But that was, I think, sold. before that they stole there or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it was right around the same time. When that all happened, and maybe that's why it confused me when that when they did some of that. It's all good. So, but it's part of their weird Elseworlds thing too. So I don't, hell, I don't know. I don't know so that's Jerry Ordway too. That's pretty cool art. I flipped through that book. The art yeah, is really pretty, pretty solid. It's not bad. Uh, the story, you know, you basically got Wonder Woman, Bruce Wayne, Superman, you know, Clark Kent, whatever you want to say. And they realize that there's these this evil four that are in their universe, mm. and the evil four is, well, we know and love as a planetary. That's right, Elijah Snow, uh, Jakita, the drummer, and um, shit, Ambrose Chase. Yeah. So they're the bad guys in this particular story, and the you know the good guys there being you know Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, and they're trying to figure out a way to take them down. Now, the interesting thing is there that planetary, you know, is almost operating just like the four is in, you know, uh, the planetary story mm. in which, you know, they're holding back, you know, knowledge. They collect all this knowledge. They put some of it out there, bits and pieces to help things, but they hold back a lot, you know, as well, too. So they have like a station on the moon and they, you know, there's things like these interplanet or these transporting doors you know like that are almost off of lead ships you know and whatever where they just go oh yeah i want to go to gotham city okay buy a ticket here you go walk right through here you know boom and you're there immediately uh, so there's some cool stuff in here you know kind of relating the world you know and stuff like that uh some cool fighting at the end cool art like you said the only problem is i don't know if they just felt like it feels rushed. You know, the, the story I think that they wanted to tell needed to be told or maybe over a six-issue arc or something like this. Mm. Instead, they're trying to do something that's trying to fit into this, you know, smaller format. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they they basically, they make mention of, like, say, the drummer and stuff. Well, the big, like, last final battle, there's only Ambrose Chase, Chiquita Warner, and, uh, you know, and uh, the Elijah Snow there, you know, type things. And... The drummer's nowhere to be found, and then they don't even make mention of him after they kind of, you know, the JLA, spoiler alert, saves the day, you know, type things. But Superman does get killed in the in the battle, you know, type stuff. Damn. But part of the problem is, as well, is that you get Wonder Woman against Jakita, you know, into what's kind of being a cool fight scene. But you see this thing in which, like, uh, Wonder Woman gets stabbed by Jakita, and then the next thing you know... She Wonder Woman comes back at the end to to stab, you know, Snow. You don't know what the hell she did to take out, you know, Jakita. So oh. you you never get that. It's like, well, I guess she must have ended up fighting. But when the last time you seen me, you know, she looked like she was on the, you know, the ropes there and was about mm -hmm. to get defeated. You know, Batman does his Batman-y thing, you know, of of stuff. But like I said, they they basically go, yes, we you know saved the day. But it's like, well, you took out three out of the four, you know, what about the other guy? You know, type things that probably could have really fucked up everything of your plans and stuff, too, with the way that he does information, which you told me at the beginning of the book. You know, so, like I said, the, the story itself has some huge plot holes of being rushed through, but it's an Elseworld type of thing. Like it's you said, Warren Ellis just 
cash and checks. It could have been. Very well could have been, you know, type things. I think they ran out of space personally, but I don't know for what they wanted to do. But it's okay. But it's definitely not as good as, you know, plans like, yourself. You want to pay me how much? Okay, I'll have it to you by Monday. Tomorrow, yes. <laughs> oh, damn, dude. Did you read it too? Yeah, oh, sweet. Here. We can do the there you double, go. double it's review. A, you guys go for it. Damn. The quests. Man, you must have liked it more than I did because you seem excited. He does. Um, and he actually has his so own sleeved and everything else. Because it's, it's Freddie Williams, too, doing kind of like a fantasy book. Yeah. Tim Silly. Tim Silly's a pretty good writer. I yeah. like most of his stuff. He did, what, Revival? I love Revival. Yeah. And so I think he's a pretty good writer. But I guess I wanted more Dungeons and Dragons and less people it's, just walking around ugh. talking. It's uh, one failed. issue. It's one it's issue. It's all set up. It's all set up. There's a lot of exposition. There is a lot. And, Man, so looks and, like, and he does a pretty good job with the exposition. Right. But it's like, there had to be a better way narratively to get that information. Yeah. Across. But, but maybe uh, they just didn't have the time. Right. So they're like, I mean, to hey, me. Hey, let's have two pages of some guy explaining the backstory to this. Right. Book, you know? there, yeah. It's just kind of clunky. Yes, but the art I mean, is really nice. Though, the the reason I bought this book, the star of this book, is the artwork. Yeah, I mean, it's Freddie Williams too. I mean, that's that's why I bought it. I mean, yeah, yeah I liked too. I liked Revival too, but I don't follow Tim Seeley. I don't Correct. buy everything don't buy Tim everything Seeley does. does. Yeah, um, God, I don't buy everything that Freddie Williams does it. because he does some stuff that I'm not interested in. But Correct. the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Batman stuff, I was there pretty much. So I mean, yeah. It, and it was funny because it's like you've got all these characters and then you've got that uh, the mysterious guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I keep flipping to the cover and I'm like, okay, there's that guy, there's that guy. Where's the effing dragon? Like, yeah. The dragon's a character. And then I'm like, oh, okay, there he is. He is the dragon. Yeah. He is the dragon. So yeah, it's a lot of setup and it's... To be continued. But it has, I think it has potential. I mean, yeah. it, it, it can be good, but I mean, I Hell, can I be done with three it. three issues of it. Right, so. I know. I could be done with it by issue five or six, you know? I mean, I'm guessing it'll be done by five or especially six. Well, no, I mean, I could be, like, like uh, I'm not in, into it. Like, the story's just yeah, not Yeah, but I'm guessing it's it not going to go much further. You don't think so? Well, most of those Aftershock things are kind of like a five-issue thing. I don't know. Some of them carry Some it. of them I mean, do. They do five-issue arcs, but then they yeah, come back. That's true. I mean, um, I'm kind of... Aftershock... I don't know how they're staying in business. Well, they jack the prices on stuff because some of, they give these cardstock covers and some of these are four ninety nine now. This is four ninety nine. Yeah, because yeah, if you go through previews, there's like a couple books in there that I was interested in, but they're four ninety nine. I love how they slap a cardstock cover and then charge a dollar more. So right. I don't, and I know it doesn't cost a dollar more to make. A I card don't want a cardstock cover. Yeah. I want three ninety nine. It's almost to buy like a they, book. Yeah. There are literally like a couple series that I would have probably, and it's stupid because it's an effing dollar, but like there are books that I would have checked out, like bought the first issue of to try them, but they're like four ninety nine, and then I'm like, wow, and it's not just the first issue; every issue after that is four ninety nine, and I'm like, if you charge three ninety nine for it, I would probably buy it. Yeah, even like the parts where they're like actually fighting, there's like a lot of talk. Yeah, there, yeah there's, I was looking at that. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of, words. of bubbles there. There's a lot of bubbles. There's a lot of words, but yeah, there is fun. a lot of story crammed in. There is. Um, so, and like I said, I'm sure it'll get better next issue. Yeah, before. I mean, I wasn't like it wasn't like Ultra Mega or you know Beta Ray Bill or Orphan of the Fine Beast, but it was good. It was cool to see kind of a Dungeons and Dragons and have Freddie Williams artwork in it. Yeah, thank so. you. But uh, speaking of, 
Okay. Ultra Mega. Which you've read this, right? Ultra, Ultra Mega. Mega. So we can kind of tag team that. But uh, so this is James Heron, and this is a kaiju kind of thing. So. Yeah, you talked about this was it last hard time, to follow? didn't you? I was a little lost. Mm, not really. I mean, there's whatever. There's these kaiju that pop up. I'll and put this back up there. Didn't you. he get like? Uh, <laughs> didn't he get like somehow he was chosen to be like? Yeah, the there's defender. like three of them that have powers. To but fight I, the but kaiju. right. But I didn't realize it at first that there were three of them. I thought yeah, he was the only it. one. It wasn't real clear. And like his his he's married or at least this he, book could have used some more exposition. <laughs> right. He's, oh, this is the one. Yeah, I remember this where the guy was he's like married you know, or pretty pictures, you know, of Yeah, and guys. that's great when like he's fighting that dude and like the blood or whatever and it's just like pouring through the city like like yeah. <laughs> like a tidal wave and people are like drowning in congealed blood. I mean, that's what it would be like apparently if like a sixty story monster got killed sure. but uh he's like married and he or he has a wife or a girlfriend and they have a kid they have a baby and he's just like constantly fighting kaiju monsters and it's like she's going crazy because he's never home and the baby's driving her nuts i gotta like, find another kaiju boy. i'm sorry <laughs> find he's like they said they've got a plan coming and they're not gonna need me because he's like under the assumption that he's like a finite like yeah. he's just a patch just a stopgap just a stopgap yeah. And apparently it's not stopgap. And then, like, yeah, there's, like, three, two other ones, and they show up, and they're fighting, and does he die at the... Because the other two dudes bite it, I think. Yeah, I think so. But I can't remember if well, he does they all die at the end. Yeah, I think he does, too. Yeah, he does, too. And then does the power transfer, or... And that I does, like, remember. a time jump, doesn't it? I don't remember. I think it does, like, a time jump. I was planning on you to carry this. Well, I read it, like... <laughs> it's I don't remember. It was the podcast, remember. yeah, at least... The last it's one, a thick ass book too. It is very which, long, but it's like eight bucks. Yeah, they do like a time jump, and then like the world's all funny. And then I think she finds the ultra mega. Like she finds the power. Some person finds uh, it. Okay. So she's like the new ultra mega. Ultra mega. Okay. But I don't know who's been fighting the ultra mega in the many years since. <laughs> many years. Fighting the kaiju. They've just so been running know. rampant. I guess. <laughs> just like. Ah, or the kaiju stopped coming. Kaiju I don't know, dude. Coming. Could be. So next issue will be interesting. Yeah. Once again, mostly set up. Yeah, but, but uh, it's good. Uh, the I mean, I would buy. I would buy this book just for the art. Yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking the story felt a little. Well, I think he mentioned something. Well, no, had, did he have a writer on? Is this the first writer? First thing he wrote. Yeah. Yeah. And he said that's why he made it so long. Long. Because he's like he didn't want to be constrained by like twenty pages. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, yeah, okay. so I mean, okay, you know, but you cool. should drew some pretty pictures, but you could have used a little bit more. <laughs> take a little from uh, <laughs> Tim Seeley, take a little bit of his words, okay. but not as many. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Making comics is hard. Well, yeah, that's yeah, true. Sure. But, uh, yeah, uh, so the last of the planetary crossover <laughs> type things actually, you know, John Cassidy drew this one. Yeah. Yes, okay, so having said that, this is the best. Of the three, well, of course, it is John Cassidy Drew, and it's, and got, it's Batman. got Batman, it is Batman, and it's Warren Ellis and John Cassidy. So, the thing is with this one is it just basically feels like a planetary story. Sure. This could have fit in as issue number 20 something, you know, or whatever yeah. the hell you want to say, you know, any of them, because the whole thing just feels planetary. They basically go to Gotham City, you know, so Gotham City seems to exist in a planetary universe. And they're there to investigate a, a basically some somebody that I think they're 
I think it was like the offspring of somebody from the City Zero or whatever the hell it was facility, you know, where they were doing experimentations and stuff. And this kid basically has like a snowflake in his brain type of scenario. So he's jumping through, you know, alternate universes and he's pulling people in, in his like little, <laughs> he'll pull people into alternate universes in his like little bubble that he creates. Now they don't know, they didn't really know that. All they knew was that somebody was getting, was coming down like the crime alley, you know, type of thing. And that the crime alley, oh wow, people were dying, you know, or whatever. But there was interesting scenarios around that. Now our planetary team goes down there. Of course they find the guy, he starts jumping them through and they find in these alternate universes, of course, Bat Batman, you know, type stuff. And depending on, you know, basically what's happening is different jumps start happening and they start uh, meeting different Batman throughout, you know, the different universes, which in his way is almost like little, uh, what do you want to say, homages, you know, type things to, you know, the Dark Knight version, you know, your uh, early 60s one, you know, these other ones, you know, things that were throughout time, you know, of different Batman, you know, type stuff. And and the, even the art styles maybe would change a little bit, you know, depending on which one it was. At the end of the day, you know, basically they convinced Batman that, they're there to try to help, you know, this this kid, you know, essentially, you know, by, and they'll get him the best help possible, you know, and things. They just need to get back to their own little area and then, you know, kind of sedate him, you know, and things and get him some help that he needs. And I think they finally, you know, obviously jump back. But one of the really fun little Easter eggs is the fact that they, they you know, planetary, as we've seen throughout, has like a planetary, you know, what do you want to say, office, you know, in all these places. And they would always have somebody that manned the office, you know, type things. In this case, they have a planetary office in Gotham. And the people that are uh, watching the office or whatever, man the office, is Dick Grayson. And a guy, I can't remember what they named him, but it's the Joker, essentially. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, the, the two of them are pretty funny because, you know, one of them is pretty much hitting on Jakita and the other one is like uh, just laughing all the time so uh, but it's kind of funny you know with the little stuff that they're in there but like I said overall it just reads like a planetary story throughout you know obviously you hit on the artwork and stuff it just it's good it could have been any issue you know that they would have had you know throughout the the rest of the series who did the artwork I'm sorry who did the artwork on the first one the planetary Jimenez Jimenez okay yeah Jimenez well, he, he was with the authority, like, later on, I think. Him and S. I think he did some of that stuff. But he probably did. Series. That does sound sound right, you know, and things, but not too bad. What is it? Hold on there just a sec. I'll show that. Uh, what the hell is it? Their field team. There you go. Freaking, you got the Joker and uh, Dick Grayson there. Wow, but, you're skilled. Nice. I read Beasts of Burden, Wise Dogs, and Eldritch Men. This is the second volume. I think I read the first volume digitally, which was drawn by Jill Thompson. This is uh, this was. is Evan Dorkin and Benjamin Dewey. Benjamin Dewey did that Autumn Lands. Autumn Lands. So he he's good at drawing animals. Uh, this book is about a group of dogs that talk and they do magic, and they go around their little area and they fight like witches and incursions of different things and so this is like kind of like just a one-off story about them finding 
there's like some people who are stirring up some magical crap and they gotta go and fight it. Um, I thought it was like kind of like a kid's book, so I gave it to my son to read. <laughs> Is it like We Three? Well, not quite that bad, but <laughs> looks like Isle of Dogs. There's a probably like Isle of Dogs. Have you not seen Isle of Dogs? Oh my god, you should give that one a shot. There's like these scary like it's fucking hilarious. like raccoon face people and there's like heads exploding at some point. Dead bodies everywhere. It's Watership Down. So yeah, I was gonna it's more say Watership Down. I just watched Watership Down. Boy, that's a feel-good movie, ain't it? Oh, yeah, and this guy's head explodes. <laughs> Scanners for you. So, yeah, but, I mean, it's it's pretty good. You didn't even hear me. What? I just watched Watership Down. I started it, and I didn't finish it. No, I finished it. Was it as good as you remembered? No. Yeah, that's why I, I finished it. Yeah. All right, so, it's okay. I mean, the problem with, like, a bunch of dogs is, like, they all kind of look the same to me. I'm like, I guess I'm racist, like, dogs, you know, like, I say, like, all people, all black people all look the same. All dogs look the same to me. I don't think all black people look the same, but I think all dogs kind of look the same. So it's kind of hard to discern the different characters. Maybe if I had been more focused. My God, there's, like, a hundred and fifty million different species of dogs. Yeah, so you think it'd like, be pretty easy, that's but, right, I'm man, thinking. I was having a little trouble. So maybe it's more about me and not so much about the book. I think it's more about you. More about me. It is okay. It's just... There's nothing mind blowing about it. The it's art's really good. I mean, it's really well done. Blood in this damn book. Yeah, it's pretty bloody. So if you're looking for like a Watership Down type animals with magics <laughs> and stuff, this book is for you. But uh, I think I enjoyed the Jill Thompson artwork in the first one a little bit better. Yeah. Hmm. Not that Benjamin Dewey's a bad artist. I like him quite a bit too. But he just, he just like quite. Jill Thompson drawn dogs. Apparently, I like Jill Thompson drawn dogs better. Man, the, the awesome art just keeps fucking rolling. It's just the opposite. What the hell awesome is this? Night. Night Hunters number one, Alexis Zirit. Oh, I haven't read that. Is that was that a Kickstarter? Uh, no, but what kind of fucked up company is this? Floating World Comics? I don't know, but it's Alexis Zirit. Whoever's gonna publish Alexis Zirit can publish Alexis Zirit, and I'll buy it. Um, where did he go? To his room. Why the hell are you leaving in the middle of a podcast? Because he's got to go find his comic. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think this was supposed to be like a four-issue series, and I'm worried that I didn't because it's like a, to read. because it's like a, an oddball publisher. I think I missed number two. Like I didn't pre-order <laughs> number two. Why does that not surprise me? Who's the publisher? Uh, the Floating so, World Comics. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. I didn't even see that in previous Yeah, I, I and so I, I think previous. I missed two, and maybe I ordered three. I don't know. I hope um, they put out a trade. I do, too, because I'll buy the trade. But oh, it's cool. It's freaking awesome. It's like on newsprint almost kind of paper. Why does that guy look a lot like the Space Riders guy? Yeah, I don't know, but there's a dude in there that looks a lot like Cobra Commander, too, towards the end. Oh, he's got like the, excellent. He's got, like, the hood. I so, love the, like, Does he talk like Cobra this. Commander then yeah, in your cool. voice? Or I mean in your head? <laughs> yes. With the high-pitched <laughs> voice? With the S. Yes. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Are you but, sure uh, this wasn't a Kickstarter? No, dude. I ordered it through my... Where I buy my comic books. That doesn't mean it wasn't a Kickstarter. Well, maybe it was. I did not buy it through <laughs> he a didn't Kickstarter. Buy it I bought that. it through a normal puff. Because he did a Kickstarter a while back. I but, thought it was uh, called Night Hunter. This is kind of set... Uh, Google it, Seth. Or, um, Scott. Scott. Google it, Scott. Do it. Yeah, like Google Kickstarter. Um, <laughs> Night Hunters. Um, 
So it's like a dystopian in the future, but it has a very like 1980s, like uh, uh, Escape from New York, uh, that kind of vibe to it. And so it's like, uh, um, the, the world has changed and it's all like, if the, the only thing that like you can, the, the best thing is to be a cop. And like all the cops are dirty, like the cops break the laws and the cops eat the fine dining and this and that. And so they're always trying to recruit people to be cops and everybody else kind of lives in like this, like a, like a, what do you call it? Like a, in the alley, like a homeless shelter alley type lifestyle or whatever. Um, but it was only one issue and it was a lot of setup. And then of course there's like a group of people that are like, the the rebellion people or whatever the freedom fighting force you know and so like they kind of make their appearance there towards the end of the book and you know something's gonna happen but the the cool. art the color the paper that book is just beautiful cool looks good man I'll definitely buy the trade for that yeah actually which speaking of trades speaking I bought issue um, three has arrived from the printers. Hmm. As of April, yeah, that was just as of yesterday. So it's been kicks. It's kickstarting. Oh, look at that. It was a Kickstarter, Ooh. right? Are it they was starting every issue. It or? was a Kickstarter. I don't know. I think they kickstarted the whole series yeah. to fund it, and now they're publishing. Publishing. It, it does okay. appear that they. I thought I remember seeing something. that Kickstarter. Okay. Well, I think we're done. So it's all you, dude. All right. Well, did you you talk? I read Nactera. What's good? I liked it. It was good. You feel I mean, like it was a perfect first issue. No, I mean, it's not a perfect first issue. It's a good first issue. Like, right, it like, it hits a, all the notes. It, it hits all the notes. It sets it up. I mean, you know, she's... Draws you in. She's the character. She's working to help her, whatever, you know, her brother or somebody's sick or whatever. At the end, aren't you just, like, ready to get going on this cool journey, mm -hmm. adventure, road trip? Like, you just kind of, like, prime the pump, and now you're ready to yeah. hit the road? Yeah. No, it was good. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm excited. It's good. I mean, I think the... It's the same thing, but they did come up with like a sort Slightly of a new different. different twist for the yeah. end of the world, virus, plague, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah, it's another post apocalyptic. Um, another... It looks like it's going to be like a road trip book, though. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. You could have yeah. got an enamel pin. Oh, damn it. I damn. wanted an enamel pin. Did you, you buy Carmen? Carmen? No. Oh, okay. That doesn't look like your kind of book that you buy. Well, I like Gillen March. I and I thought I'd give it a shot. Oh, look, he could have had Cobra um, Commander. It's okay. Figure. I don't know exactly what's going on. It's kind of like there's this girl. She's dressed up like in a skeleton thing. And she's like in this apartment building. And there's another girl or whatever that's like sad. Or she's going through something. And so I don't know if this Carmen girl is like a ghost. Like there to like help people. And it'll just be like... I'm going to help out this person who wants to kill themselves and, like, talk them out of it or be there with them. You know what I mean? It's almost like I can't tell because if they did make it clear, I didn't catch it, whether this person is, like, a spirit or death. I mean, it almost had, like, a Sandman death vibe mm -hmm. feel to it, but I don't know if she's dead or if she's alive. Hmm. Cool. And then um, I brought Marvel... The last issue because it has a Greg Smallwood story in it. Really? Why is this the last issue? What is Marvel? Well, they did like is it they did supposed six to be like issues, Marvel? and it's basically just they let 
uh, different creators tell like little six-page stories or ten-page stories. Almost throughout city-like type thing. Throughout the time frame of from the beginning of the Marvel universe till now, like they had Steve Rude do. It's just put Smallwood on like a, a '60s like Nick Fury. Yeah, absolutely. Especially after reading that, because it was excellent. And then the Lee Barmejo. Uh, Silver Surfer artwork was really cool too, but I just brought that so you could check it out because it was. Uh, so what's Smallwood story? It's a Nick Fury story. Yeah, it's like a Nick Fury story set like in the '60s or the '70s or whatever. And then, so I read 18 and 19 of X Men. Cool. Hickman made me drop Fantastic Four. Now he's gonna make you drop. X-Men. And he's very close to making me drop X Men now. Oh, that's nice. Did you never finish reading all the Fantastic no. Four? It was really good. You yeah, well, here's the, here's the problem. Here's the problem. So, these You're two issues... Is that the problem? Yes, I'm a, a bitch. bitch. No. There's... These two issues are like... There's something... So, there's like this area that these three characters, Darwin, uh, and they call X-23 Wolverine like okay. in the beginning, and yeah. then they change it to X-23 in like the second one. Okay. So I don't know whether he's she's Wolverine or X-23. And then there's like a new X-Men character. And they go to this place on somewhere where time moves faster and it's like a whole new race of people or whatever that are integral to something. So this is I know what he's doing. I know that he's setting this up because he wouldn't have spent two issues on this storyline, plotline, if it doesn't play into something later on. Like, I understand that he's building to something, but these were the most, the two of the most boring fucking X-Men comics I've ever read in my fucking life, and I could care absolutely less about those two issues and that storyline. I couldn't care less about those two issues and that storyline. If he's going to set something up that he's going to play out... Tell me in like half a fucking issue. I don't need to spend $8 and two fucking months to this bullshit story that he's setting up for that it's going to pay off in two fucking years. It's just, oh my God, it was How terrible. How could that be boring? It's like X-23, Mohammed Arzrar is coming through and they're, she's like slicing somebody. It's terrible. And they're like in awesome. This, they're like in I this, just stare at the art. They're like in this place where time moves fast. Or slow or whatever. Time and they're stuck on. They're stuck in this place for like a hundred years. Like a hundred years pass for uh, them. Remitter does crap like in this too. In this storyline. And I'm like, dude, I know what you're doing, but you I don't do? care. Yes, I know. He's world building. He's setting it up. It's going to be important. I mean, I've read enough Hickman, I know. But I'm like, just... You sure? Just do fucking X-Men. Like, just write X-Men. Like, House of X and Powers of X was cool. But, I don't know, I thought you were ready to drop at that point, too. No, I liked House of X and Power okay. of X. I kind of liked it. Okay. I mean, it had some energy. It, it, it reminds me of... Um, uh, don't drop X-Men, though. It Just rem- stick it out. It reminds- if I need to give you, like, a stipend <laughs> to pay for them... It reminds me of... Me know. Um, It'll be all right, man. It reminds me of the new X-Men when Grant Morrison took over. Yeah. Because it, it changes. It's it's a big change. Yeah. Hickman but, cites Grant Morrison as one of his... But Hickman influences. is not Grant Morrison, and this He's is better. not the new X-Men. Now, I'll take the new X-Men run over this run. I haven't read this run, so I can't say it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. 
It, it just irritated me. Okay. I'm like reading these going. This, it, yeah, it, it did irritate me. But uh, anyway, hey, I just, look. Did you Val, see what I gave Scott to read? Twilight. Val, whatever yes. the hell her long ass name is in this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's Von Tessa. Tessa. Yeah, she got the funky weave, right? Yes. Yes. God damn, great Smallwood. I know. Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm gonna just go over there and slap him. Right. Jesus fucking yeah. Christ. All right, let's do Watchmen. One issue. That shouldn't take too long. One issue. Hey, look what I have, Scott. I read, I know. It just, <laughs> you guys all got like these nice hardback type things. He's got the absolute, what do I have? I got the 13th printing, you know. I had the first printing of freaking, that. And I loaned it to somebody and they never gave it back. The first printing yeah. of the That's worth the like graphic. a million dollars now. Oh, it's in horrible condition because it's been read by 30 people. <coughs> wow. Yeah, mine is like I think the thirteenth. I'm pretty sure. So I read the first two, so I don't remember exactly where the first. Oh, eleventh. I'm a little bit better than I thought. <laughs> the eleventh printing. I had the first printing in trade like that. Wow. Well, Drew was on the ball. He Drew was, was an early adopter. Really wasn't that them. early? I mean, I, I mean, it had been out for a while. I read the first like two issues, so I don't know what I the it. fuck that I. Right. Where, where, is the break? where was the break? So yeah, I that's what I'm doing. The break point is that, like, since I only read one, so the break point is when he goes out to dinner with Lord. So Lori. you got to see where... Uh, he goes out to dinner with Lord. The, uh, what, the comedian, okay. like, raped uh, the girl, right? No, that didn't oh, that's that's yeah. the second one. <laughs> Dude, Spoiler! Right, <laughs> let me break it down since I actually read only one issue. Uh, All right, so the comedian gets killed, Rorschach yes. investigates, and he goes around telling... Everybody that somebody's killing supers. He tells Vite, he tells the owl, he tells Dr. Manhattan, and then Lori's like... But who was the owl talking to before he got told? He was talking to Hollis. There you go, exactly right. And so, and then Lori's like, ah, oh, you know, I haven't seen an owl dude for a while. I'm going to go to dinner with him. Do you care, Dr. Manhattan, that I'm going to go hang out with another guy? No. Nah, he really doesn't He's like, care. He I could care less. I don't understand, like... Dr. Manhattan character at all. Like, he is so disinterested. But he still likes sex? Is that the thing? Like, he doesn't, I think that's the case. He doesn't care about... He needs that release from time to time. Okay. That makes sense. I don't even know that he cares about it. I yeah, think he'd I mean, be just as happy just fucking with his shit. You would yeah, think so, except for the exactly, fact yeah. that... You would think that, except for there's a statement somewhere around where that they keep her around... That's what she says. You know, to keep him happy. To but keep him happy. I don't know why she would keep him yeah. happy because he seems completely disinterested in that right. aspect of human nature. But whatever. It seems like it was to work. I think he's moved on. It may have been that way early on, but I think he's moved on. Moved yeah, on by now. Like so I've read, so, I don't know how many times I've read this book. Too right? many. Like too many. But I never picked up until just now, like when Rorschach is in the comedian's apartment. Yeah. How he does the thing with the hanger to figure out that there's a secret compartment. Yeah, what does that do? I didn't quite get that. So he's checking the depth. So it's deeper on the outside and he's checking the depth on the inside. Because if you uh. see, so that he knows that there's, it's bigger than it is. So there's something hidden. Because uh. the outside, if you look at the hanger, the hanger goes past the bend, uh -huh. and then when he puts it on the inside, it hits at the bend. So he's uh, this much missing on the inside. I got you. I see. And then he figures out that there's a hit. I, I never caught that. I didn't, I didn't either. understand what I, the fuck I wasn't he was sure doing. what he was doing with the hanger. I thought he was trying yeah. to push the door or something. No, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's No, you're right. No, you're totally on 100%. Yeah, I just and I'm like... Catch it. I, was, I looked at that. I was like, what is he doing with that hanger? I don't get it. Right? Okay, that makes sense now. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. But I was like, I've read this how many times and I never picked up on that. Yeah, I never did. That's what's great about this book. Then I really, so so then I really started studying shit. So what I I really liked, okay, so the first page, you're zoomed in on the comedian thing on the ground, right? Mm -hmm. It's like an overhead shot, but then you're zooming, each panel you're zooming out a little bit, right? Yeah. Like you're, until you're at the top of the thing. Well, then on the last page, you're looking at uh, them having dinner and you have the comedian like little button there, right? right? And they're zooming out. Yeah, it's all button. symmetry, dude. Yeah, it's all symmetry. It's so cool. Like they're zooming out on the last page from the button as well. He does that throughout yes. this whole thing. I think I got some of that. Yeah, no, it's cool. Um, okay, here's what's interesting. So I read this when I was a teenager, and it was really cool. And I really liked the story. I didn't catch everything, and I thought Rorschach was the coolest dude ever. Right? Like I was like, I loved Rorschach. Like he, I know he was crazy, really? and he was like, I'm reading it now. I'm like, this dude is a sociopath. He's, like, going into this bar, just, like, beating people up and breaking fingers because somebody talked bad to him and doesn't even care. And he's well, just he's like, trying oh. to get information, too. He is. But there's nobody in that bar has any information. He's just he going in there. And, the and he doesn't care about that. who he hurts as, if they're criminals. Ah, everybody's horrible. Blah, blah. It's well, like, yeah, he's t- it's Taxi Driver, dude. I know, dude. I didn't catch all that the first... When I'm a teenager, I'm reading that. He's totally Taxi Driver. But, yeah, he's totally, so, like, just lost it like he's not a redeemable character at all one of the interesting things which it happened a couple times because i went back and checked it in the second issue but then it breaks off but so we don't if you're reading this the first time like you don't know who rorschach is but we know who rorschach is. oh yeah you don't know that like, he's that we know that street. he's the guy on the street so they show the guy on the street right and uh-huh. this panel this panel and then boom we go straight to rorschach there's been a time change, huh? though. I know, but but. If, but if you know ahead of time, like, what's going on, like, I think he's telling you, like, he's yeah. trying to he's, help you he's solve dropping the, some, He's dropping some seeds. Yeah. Because it happens again, where you see that guy, and then the next page, that panel, is Rorschach. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, maybe I'm reading into it too much because I know what's going on, but I'm like, he's feeding us, like, trying to tell us who Rorschach is. Yeah. Because... Totally. Um, and I also love that when he goes to see Ozymandias, yeah, and he's playing with the toys, and then when he leaves, he's got them all bent, and like, <laughs> like this one's like bent with his head back, and like just in a funky ass weird shape or whatever. But, uh, but uh, that that's kind of what I I pulled out of this stuff. Yeah, right? no, like those good. two things. Um, it's just so reading it. It's like it just flows so well. And oh like yeah, every word is important but yet it just it world builds in like a very subtle way and they refer to like the heroes being shut out down in 77 a few times but they don't quite explain it all explain it all but that's where that extra stuff there at the end where you were just at you know the excerpts from under the hood number one that is like a fucking great title for somebody to give as their autobiography for a superhero you know type thing but, you know, just the excerpts of all that, you know, I mean, in those, like, what the hell is it? One, two, three, four, five. It's like only six pages or so. Yeah. It, from a world-building perspective. It does so much. It does so much, you know, through there. I mean, it's, sometimes it can be a little 
long to read or whatever the and, heck else. But but that does barely just, even talks about the world. It's really just him talking about his life. But yet it, it just, is. But he's putting all these little pieces in there and talking about the other superheroes and yeah. this type of things and maybe timelines of when it happened. You know, all this type of stuff. And at the same time, he gives some weird ass story about when he was a kid. You know, yeah. and the laughing for why he you know finds. You know, some song, the saddest, you know, song ever, yeah. you know, type things, you know, it, which, you know, endears you. To, it, it builds a character yeah. as well as at the same time, you know, gives you some world building type of perspective, you know, for where are you at and timelines and stuff. Yeah. It's just, uh, uh, it, it's one of the things for me from a comic book perspective, the first time I'm reading it going, holy shit, what the hell is this? It's got, you know, all this stuff in the back as yeah. well as it was more than just pictures with words yeah you know type type of thing another thing i never noticed like the cover of each issue has a little clock it yeah. like is changing it every issue yeah, yeah. i think so maybe i, I knew that. it and i just forgot it yeah that could yeah. that's something easy to forget know. in there but it's cool. so i want to jump ahead because i'm gonna forget it when we get to issue <laughs> you can't two do no that was the deal <laughs> tell me forget I'm, i really okay, want to know ahead. So, and it's not really anything, but this is how deep I was, like, going into this book, like, trying to pay attention to shit. So, like, it in it's in the, under the hood, in the back. Right, in the back. And he matter. says that in 1940, because he's talking about the comedian, and he says in 1940 he attempted to sexually assault Sally Jupiter in the Minutemen trophy room after a meeting. Well, he would have been 16. Because then I went back... And it's like they say how old he was. Like you look at his gravestone. Yeah. Um, it just seems really young, and he seems really powerful for sixteen to attack her. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, he's sixteen. Well, how old was he when he died? Yes, but oh, he was sixty something, sixty-five. I don't know. They did say he was the youngest member of the group. Did they? Okay. Yes. Well, he was sixteen. Well, no. He's like this is 1985, and he was sixty-five, so he was born 1920. What year did that happen? Forty no. something. Where's his tomb? Where's his headstone? Must be in the second issue. I thought it was nineteen twenty four. Yeah, because it's the funeral. Yeah, nineteen twenty four. So nineteen twenty four. So if he did it in nineteen forty, he's four. He's sixteen. 16. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I was just like, wow. I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, I think even earlier though in the story, or maybe it was maybe it was I, I understand that, they, but I'm they, saying they he's about 16 he and he's talking guy, like that because you know they have the whole thing with yeah. the scene in there and he's just People like, used to grow up oh, you know, you were asking for it, baby, and <laughs> like what? I was like, yeah. okay, whatever. That it's just one little thing that just seemed really crazy to me. That is like, true. Odd that he was a teenager. That, 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 that time was frame that. worked that way. But, yeah. Uh, anyway, but we could talk more about that one the next one. Well, yeah, absolutely. I just I knew I would forget that little tidbit because just reread it. I but will. you probably won't pick it up the second next time around. Uh, cool. That would right. be something I would do. Well, I get up early in the morning, so we can I'll go early. Yeah, I do he's got to get up early in the morning. I don't have to. I don't even care. You I don't even care. care anymore. That's right. All right, so we did no justice to Watchmen, but that's all right. It's been reviewed it's like still a one thousand times. Time Magazine's time. 100 greatest yeah. novels, best novels. Wow, we didn't do any justice. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, it, it's so silly because, like, Watchmen is just like, oh, like nobody, you know what I mean? Like, you can just pick it and stuff. But. but, okay, so after reading the first issue, though, why? What bring, pulls you in? 
Well, the first issue, it's like, it's a murder mystery. You don't know who the hell, like, you want to know who killed the comedian. But there's been plenty of things that are murder mysteries. The world is so well-developed and built. You know what I mean? Like, it just... Uh, just Do you feel it did that great of a job off just one issue? Yeah, I do. No, I don't know. I think it's a perfect issue. Hmm. I think it's a perfect book. Well, perfect book, but off the first issue, were you pulled directly in, or was it more one of these things that... Do you do you? I guess I've read it before. That's right. Right, it's hard. Do you remember that? You know, first time. I I don't know. You know, type things. But no, the first time I read it, I was just getting through the story. Like I wasn't looking at all the nuance. You know, that's what's cool about it. Every time I read it, I feel like I get a little deeper. So you know, at least for me, when I had read comics when I was younger, and you gave it to me when I, I had never read Watchmen. I didn't know what the hell it was, and you gave it to me when I was in college. So I probably did, but I did give it back. You did. Because so, <laughs> I bought my own. Um, but that was the thing, was that to me, at that point in time, I had never read anything that was, what would you say, uh, in that type of thing that was probably outside of the characters that you knew, you yeah. know, and whatever else. And, and probably nothing that was written you know, that well, you sure. know, in a lot of those perspectives. Well, when um, I had heard about Watchmen before I read it, someone said it's like, well, what if superheroes were in the real world? That's right. how it was built to me. Uh, I don't know if that's what it is, but that's what it was that's sold what he's to trying me to do. as. And, I think, and it was like, and it was dark, and it was gritty, and it was like realistic compared to, you know, regular superhero comics, you know. And well, I think that's what drew me in more. I think me. part of the beauty of Watchmen, I think part of the whatever is that the writing is perfect, the art is perfect. I mean, as near as perfect as you can get. Like it's top notch, yeah. a list. No, I so you don't even you don't even really realize like how good it is. You know what I mean? Like, like well, well, it works it's very on multiple subtle. levels. Is the problem? Well, that's there true too. Go. Because when I first read it, like everybody, I'm sure, I think you've mentioned it. I didn't read. I was like six pages of words. F that. I want to get to the next issue and read the story. Yeah. I'm so sure I mean, I missed. Those. You know. But see, I did not. I didn't know what what I was in for, and so when I read well, the I first when I read the first issue, it has great pacing. It tells, it, it introduces everything to like what you said, you know, type stuff to try to build the world. It introduces the main characters of where we're probably really going to go. All this, in, you know, in what the hell, 20 some pages or whatever the hell. And then adds on this little six pages that to me was probably the thing that probably pulled me in more than anything else. Because that was different than anything I'd ever seen out of a comic to try to help influence the world that he was trying to develop you know and it was that little extra which i i admit i read every freaking one of them as i was reading through it on the first time oh, yeah. you know as it was there because i didn't know what i didn't know any better i was like okay you know i'm reading through this oh wow there's this thing okay i guess i'll read through it and it but it did pull me in and it was you know i don't want to say that that was the thing that made it you know so much different necessarily but it was the perfect way to try to to set up the world and stuff now can i really pick on exactly why you know i don't know you know i i i agree that there has to be some combination of the artist with the writer you know but um just the overall you got somebody that knows 
how to tell a story and how to frame things to really at least engage a reader's curiosity. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, like, from what I've read of, like, his scripts from, like, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and I'm sure Watchmen, you've heard stories. I mean, he puts, I mean, he takes two pages to describe a fucking panel where a pen is, where this is, where that is. I mean, he's definitely, Gibbons is is a above competent artist, but you probably could have had anybody so on the art for Watchmen and they would have been able to tell the story. Sure. So based off that, the, the what I'm hearing then is is that these type of things that you pointed out, the way that the very thing starts, you know, where it's focusing That's on... That's all Alan Moore. That yeah. is all Alan Moore where it pulls it out and everything and then the end where it's basically saying, oh, I'm, I'm focused on this and now I want to pull out. That was all Alan I would, Moore? I would imagine, yeah. yes. Wow. And they may have discussed it and said, hey, let's do this and Dave Gibbons may have... I'm sure there was some collaboration. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not trying to discount. And, and Dave Gibbons may have said, well, let's do it quite like this, you know, or whatever, you know. But Yeah, I mean, Dave Gibbons may have come up with the, the symmetry panel layouts, but I mean... No, I'm pretty sure that was it. But like I said, like you said, Alan Moore wrote very descriptive scripts. Yeah, as he, far as I know. And he said, yeah. It's just interesting this, for me to know. Because went, the first panel, I went zoomed in on the comedian's button with the blood on it and right. the next panel would zoom out a little bit by the end of the page will be zoomed out you know to the window where yeah. it's right. from you know i could see some of that i just was curious on that perspective because you're right while it's something that you don't really notice purely i think there's something you know what is it in the back of your mind you know type of thing that you're noticing there that helps tie it all together you know, that maybe you don't recognize right off there, but it aids to the overall telling of the story. Well, to get ahead of ourselves, I mean, isn't no. there isn't there a famous issue, like seven or whatever, where it's all opposite, like it's all symmetrically opposite or whatever, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, there's that one issue that's really fucked up, yeah. Which I wouldn't I don't know, surprised. but I can't wait to get there. I think that's I the one mean. where... Uh, Dr. Manhattan goes to Mars or something. Or something. It might be, but like so, all the panels are like... Whatever, symmetrically opposite. I didn't even talk about the nine-panel grid. Yeah. Yeah, they like that, don't they? Anyway. Cool. All right. Yeah. All I right. Wrap. I guess yeah. You guys need to go sleep. Yeah, we have a live. Well, I guess we have lives and jobs and responsibilities. Oh. Uh, not suppose, responsibility. A schedule. Supposedly. That's what I mean to say. A schedule. I don't sleep, so. I have a good. schedule. All right. All right. I think we're done. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye.